Is it panic time in San Diego? Who's going to figure things out first? Our beloved Colorado Rockies or our dreaded rivals who still don't think that Matt Holiday touched home plate? You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans and Padres fans, welcome into the Locked On Podcast Network for your crossover between the San Diego Padres and the Colorado Rockies. Well, they're duking it out on the field. We're duking it out here in the podcast sphere here on where you can find your team every day. That's the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're also on SiriusXM and the SiriusXM app. You can find us there. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today on this episode, as you can see, Javi still very much in Joker mode because the Padres continue to frustrate. However, a little bit of fireworks in Seattle. Maybe some potential, and now they're meeting up here. Classic NL West rivalry matchup heading your way here. And, and Javi, I want to start simply with this question. How high is the panic level in San Diego? I mean, the Giants just swept the Rockies. They're inching up. I believe the, the Rockies are still in the basement, but the basement you know, could be a beckoning for the Padres, something I think a lot of people would not have expected this year. How high is your panic level, and how high do you think the team's panic level is? Firstly, I must say, uh, shouts to your little sneak this about Matt Holiday at the beginning. <laughs> I respect it. It was a clean opening. Don't get me wrong. You really put it in there without forcing it. So I, I do give you credit. Uh, and Matt Holiday used to be a favorite player of mine, uh, believe it or not. because So he I did walked. touch home plate. No, no, he did not touch home plate. But <laughs> he was my favorite for being someone who got away with it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how I like David Ortiz, right? Where okay. like I love how he just kind of got away with some, with the whole, hey, you tested positive. I'll get back to you guys when I find <laughs> out where this came from. And then never got back to us. You know, it's like kind of like him in that respect. Just the, you have to appreciate when people get away with things. You know what I mean? Definitely mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, but to get back on track, look, with the pods, it's just kind of it. the panic level is high. Let, let me be very clear. And I think that what happened is. Over the last week, I know I did on my show an episode about A.J. Preller and organizational dysfunction and just kind of the it's just really hard to see the light for the Padres right now, Um, at least for a lot of fans, I think, because they've been among one of the worst, most disappointing teams. I've compared them to the 2015 Nationals, who just aside from Bryce Harper winning that MVP that year, everybody just drastically underperformed. And that's kind of the vibe that this team has just wasting a whole lot of talent, wasting their their Mount Crushmore lineup. Um, and I know that when we face you guys at the top of the season, it wasn't that great either. And maybe that was an omen, apparently, mm-hmm. of bad things to come. And I think it, a lot of it stems from the fact that they just, whew, they just aren't a, a well-disciplined team. They're a team that doesn't have productive outs. They're a team that doesn't win close games, right? And that's kind of almost been their calling card, at least last year it was. So, it's it's not going well, man. And a lot of people are wondering what's going on, because if you want to change things, 
not so easy of a route because you have like seven guys locked up for the next six years or something like that. Um, so it's, it's all is not right in paradise, my friend. And that is why I've been wearing this clown hat for the last month and a half. <laughs> month and a half i mean and it was quite yeah. the quite the the theatrics as i was watching you put it put it on for the show but <laughs> is there enough confidence in this team as i mean you have all that confidence going you know in the beginning of the season you you have the pieces you have the aggressive uh front office is is there enough still there is there something that it's too many personalities clashing i mean it's it's really strange because I think a lot of people buy into this. You know, I think when they go to the Padres, they buy in. I don't necessarily think there's a lot of people that are like, I don't think there's anything about the Padres that would kind of like turn people off from, from being there other than the frustrations of a good team underperforming. That's certainly the case, but you don't sign those mega deals to stay in San Diego. If you're not confident about what that team's doing, is it just a, some things are short circuiting and maybe they'll work themselves out or do you see change more change coming to what's been a, or an organization with a lot of it over the last couple of years? I don't think it's a personality thing. I don't think it's a clubhouse thing. I think that you have great players that have played together for a while. I don't think there's, this is a diva thing. And in fact, I think that in baseball, although I love calling everyone on the lockdown MLB network, particularly Bryce Patrick of lockdown Rangers. I love pointing out their diva abilities right but when it comes to baseball it's not always something that necessarily translates i mean it's happened before clearly but it just doesn't you know you go back to the bonds days with whatever is jeff kent or whoever was the player that he played with that like they hated each other but they still produce at a high level um i'm blanking on the player's name but you know i think that you know bob melvin great coach literally respected by basically everybody in baseball. I have never heard a single bad thing about him um, aside from like weird random fans online. Right. So it's not that I think it's a question of just, and again, I talked about this on my show, about my AJ Preller episode that people can go check out. It's, it's so multi-layered. It's not just because you're going to get so many people, Paul, that are going to come out. And I know this might probably annoy you too. They're going to see, this is what happens when you spend so much money. You're going to get a lot of people saying that if the Padres keep going down this route and it's partially true, which is how hot takes work, right? You only have to be right at one point for it to be, for it to carry and for it to be correct. Right. And for it to, to gain traction. That's what, there you go, folks listening to the podcast. <laughs> I told you the secret to sports media right there. Um, and it's partially true, but not really in the sense that, Every deal the Padres have made in a vacuum is fine. I have no issue with basically any of them with the exception of Austin Nola. But all of them together, without seeing a vision for the future, without saying, let's have a little bit of flexibility. And then on top of that, just an organization that keeps people seemingly hired for too long that probably shouldn't be there. There's not a lot of job growth, right? They don't bring in the best of minds. There's a reason why Tampa Bay keeps doing this every year because they have so many great minds and people who are scouting and people who are making players better. One of the things with the Padres, with the exception of maybe your Joe Musgrove, there have been great players on the Padres, including their stars, but no one seems to get better. Mm -hmm. It is either they stay what they were or they get worse. Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, Adam Frazier, Mike Clevenger, uh, Mitch Moreland, if you want to bring him up, right? You either are staying at your level or you get worse. That's seemingly what happens with the Padres. Like I said, you got Machado. He's had some great years. You have Tatis. You have Soto. But even Soto, to an extent, Soto almost loader, fit in that, right? But he's kind of maybe almost. proving to be the exception a little bit. Yeah, he's been. 
but he always was sky. But he had almost a whole full season of games of basically that's not Juan Soto. Yeah. I mean, the first month of the season was pretty, pretty poor for him. The walk rate was great, but swinging through a lot of pitches that we're not used to seeing that from Juan Soto. So weird stuff on his part. He's fully bounced back. Don't get me wrong. As an offensive player, he's been by far the best player on the Padres this year, but just a lot of questions, even still him. You want to get like real nitty gritty. He's, WRC plus is down by just a tad bit. Batting average is hovering around 240, 260. It doesn't matter in his case in the, in a vacuum because he walks so much, right? But still, he's like a lifetime 280 hitter. That's still a, a noticeable that's change. A, that's a down. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. a downgrade. I mean, like you said, that's what's fr- I think that's what's frustrating as a Padres fan, especially. I mean, the Rockies, you can kind of sit there and it's like, well, they don't. Chris Bryant's maybe the exception here because he's he's the big signing that's not really panning out back on the IL, not the power there. And I think the uh, the next the last one is Ian Desmond. I mean, but I would say those are on Chris Bryant's a little bit more on the level of what the pirate the Padres have been doing. Ian Desmond a little bit different. It's so frustrating for these good players to come to your team and then not perform the way that you're hoping to, especially in the Padres case when you're sitting there saying. I mean, that roster is should be a slam dunk. I mean, should be fighting for the top of the division, mm-hmm. not the bottom of the division. Let's dive into what the to, that the Padres have to do to turn things around, and let's talk a little bit about uh, where the Rockies are at and, uh, and kind of compare and contrast a little bit as well. Coming up here in segment number two. Before we do that, though, got to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Game Time's got you covered when you are looking for those last-second tickets you are hoping to say, hey, you know what? Dang it. I wanted to go watch some Rockies Padres action, and I missed out on all the tickets. Well, Game Time's got you covered. You can head over there, and they. Uh, what's what I really like about Game Time is they show you a picture of the seat that you're getting. So you know, not only are you getting a great deal, you're getting a great seat, too. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. All you got to do is tap twice, and you're set. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off the Game Time the Game Time app, where you can get your tickets last second. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. There's going to be plenty of tickets available this weekend, folks. I, I don't think you'll be too worried about that uh, for this <laughs> Rockies team that uh, unfortunately has not. It, there are things to be excited about this Rockies team, but there's not the fireworks. There's not the pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. of the Padres that they have. The Rockies have do have young guys, and they're turning to them a little bit. Who rebounds first? Who who ends 2023 in a, on a more positive note? Are you? Do you think I'll feel better at the end of the season as a Rockies fan, or will you feel better as a Padres fan, Javi, uh, at the end of the season? Because no one expected the Rockies and the Padres to be the ones fighting for the Rockies. Sure. Certainly not the Padres fighting mm. for, for the bottom of the NL West. That is a phenomenal question. <laughs> I really, that's a great, because if you want to look at it like this, the Rockies, it's they're living up to the expectation, right? They're doing what everyone expected. Is it still really sad? What do you see it unfold? Yes, it's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's right. still sad to see. It's like when your favorite team in football gets blown out by Pat Mahomes or whatever, right? Like, well, you wow. expect Man, it, but it still hurts just, to see it. You're just it, it, it opening up a double I'm a fan of the other the <laughs> team that used to be in San Diego that I can't mention on this podcast. But um, I, I just think that with the Padres, considering how locked in they are to everything, 
it's pretty tough. But even still with the Rockies, I mean, they still have some guys that are going to be there for a while, like the Chris Bryant contract, which is one that was so electric when it happened. But there were so many questions as to, wait, so you were you wanted to get rid of Nolan, but you were still down to pay? Like, it's very weird, right? Like how everything's unfolded for the Rockies. But the Padres, because of the expectations, I think are just – like people are, I don't, and I don't think this, I, I know, I think some people commented and sent me some messages on, I don't think that Bob Melvin should be fired. I don't think that I actually think it would be kind of absurd for that to happen, but I just have a feeling that with all the expectations, all the hype, all the buzz that someone is going to get let go. And I think that that's really unfortunate because the Padres just, they, they they're good for the sport, man. I think that what they've been doing is great. And I agree. you just got to play to what your talent is. You know, and we're going to talk about it in more detail what exactly about the team. But, man, uh, it, it, it's tough. But the fact that we're in a situation where it could if the Padres finish third for a lot of people, that will be a, a big disappointment. I think the for Padres some can't miss the playoffs. I mean, I, I think if, yeah. if, if, if it, it's it is nothing short of an incredible disappointment for Padres fans. If this team is not in the playoffs in, in any shape or form. Yeah, I think it's as simple as that. If they make it, you never know what happens. Obviously, both teams that were in the NLCS last year were teams that weren't at the top because the Braves got taken out, the Mets got taken out by yours truly. So anything can happen once you get into the dance, but you better at least get there because you can't have an offseason where you were like, we got a full year of Soto, we just signed Bogarts, and we're getting Tatis back, and you got worse? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's just right. that's pretty remarkable stuff. It would actually be impressive, I think, if the Padres were to not miss the playoffs. So let's see how it transpires, man. But uh, whew, I can't believe I said that, man. Yeah, it would be a more <laughs> just like it, it would be sadder to be a Padres fan. Yeah, you'd be I, legit, though. I mean, I, and and we'll sit here and laugh from our little court, our island of re- irrelevancy yeah. of, uh, you know, <laughs> that back there. But. You know, can't lie when the Padres uh, goof up a little bit. It still gives me a chuckle there as mm-hmm. a as a salty NL West dog. Uh, as for the Rockies, to avoid what you think is is disappointment, is this is a team that needs to finish the season telling you and following a little bit more of a direction. If this team stands pat at the trade deadline yet again, continues to send out the same lineup that they're sending out right now to continue to finish fifth or way below, and they didn't retool or reshape or rebuild to help them in the future at all, I don't necessarily know if you feel much worse because, to be totally honest, as much as there's things to be encouraged by in, in uh, of the, to- the Ezekiel Tovars and the Nolan Joneses and some of these young guys to be excited about, the Rockies' biggest issue is the pitching. They haven't they haven't rebolstered this pitching staff. It's on full display this year with the main most of the main starting uh, pitchers out for injury this year, including Herman Marquez uh, out with Tommy John and Antonio Senzatella returning from the IL yet only to go back on the IL the next start. And then you're turning to, you know, the Rockies have had to turn to Denilson Lamette to get some starts here at this mm-hmm. point. They're Our throwing boy. Chase Anderson and Connor Seabold. The Rockies <laughs> don't have a big plan to fix this rotation because Herman Marquez's contract is coming up and how much is he going to want to really, you know, He's so close to setting Rockies records after this Tommy John, though, his his certainty is there. You have Senzatella, but Senzatella isn't going to do much more than be a four or five to end his career, I think. And I'm all right with Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland can sit there and be the three, the number two. I think he's more than earned that, and that's fine. But looking to the future, the Rockies have turned to a lot of young guys, and unfortunately, the ones that showed promise this year also got hurt. And some of these other guys aren't ready, and then top pro- pitching prospects for the Rockies are – 
few and far between. So if you're a Rockies fan and this team stands pat at the trade deadline yet again, that that pit in your gut is just going to feel worse because it's at least with the Padres, man, they've been the most exciting team in the offseason the past two years. They're a team you know is going to do something at the deadline. They're going to do something. The question always remains, will the Rockies do anything? And again, I'm sitting here not confident that they will. I I really don't. I I know they need to, but but (laughs) how am I supposed to sit here and feel confident that this team is going to make a move when jerks and profile is going to be playing left field after the trade deadline. And I'm going to go insane. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's the stuff that's so (laughs) maddening about a Rockies fan. And I think, I think Rockies fans and Padres fans would be in two different situations at the end of the year. If the worst case scenarios for both of them pan out because the Padres you're frustrated because this team's underperforming and, and there's those things, but you still are loaded with superstar talent and the right season can, it can happen next year. If Mm -hmm. everyone plays up to their capability. Sure. The Rockies, it's just question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. And you don't really know when their path to relevancy is going to come back because they're not really committing to getting back to that path. And in my eyes, they had a strong May. The Rockies bounced back from being one of the worst teams in baseball to, 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 you know, a a serviceable to good May going on a stretch where they won six of eight series at one point. And they've, they've still been kind of there, but, they're still in fifth place. They're still well below 500. What does it all matter? If you're the Rockies and you don't do anything, how are you getting better? That's my biggest question for them. This is why I love recording with you because I see the part in which the soul and like you start, like the nihilism almost starts to set in where you're like, why am I, you know what I mean? Like a little bit, I see the light leaving your eyes and all that. It's just, it's really incredible stuff. It feels like the the story of these two teams is a team that did too much and what they did do, and if they did it wrong, and then the Rockies are a team of what they didn't do. And what it feels like for the Rockies as well is, you brought up Herman Marquez, you know, shouts to the days of Trevor Story, shouts to the days of uh, maybe even Troy Tulowitzki, if you want to go back that, that far. Just seemingly not trading guys at the right time. Um, for Nolan Arenado, not getting really all that impressive of a package considering how great of a player if you he is. trade Nolan mid season, the haul that you would have gotten for yeah. him would have been insane. And ah, just going back to that, that's what's, you know, like, and it was I think the when Cardinals, it's not like Arnado had a, an immovable contract, right? You know they what paid I mean? $50 million. They paid the Cardinals to have Nolan play. Like, that's the stuff that's like you can you can criticize the Padres for spending too much money, mm-hmm. I guess. But they have Xander Bogarts, they have Fernando Tatis, mm-hmm. they have Juan Soto, they have Joe Musgrove, you Darvish. The list goes on and on and on. That team's gonna figure it out. Your your Ryan McMahon led Colorado Rockies aren't <laughs> like I, like, <laughs> like I there are players I love and I you know and I am a, I love these players, but like I just don't understand the Rockies' inability to mm-hmm. read the room. How do you the Giants just bullied the Rockies at Coors Field? The Rockies had two situated chances to win games, actually. But the Giants, I've, I, I was doing it. The Giants are 32 and nine against the Rockies in the last 42 games or something like that. That's wow. ludicrous over the last three seasons. It's wow, ludicrous how good the division is compared to the Rockies. And, and the Rockies and Padres fight back and forth. But I see the yeah. Padres doing things. I see the Giants there. I see Arizona. There's a plan. Exciting. 
There's a, a plan semblance for of a every plan. other team in the NLS, but the Rockies. Even if it was a bad plan, which right. it might have been but for the Padres, plan. there's a plan though. Yeah. Like we had an idea. It's. I remember when the Athletic put out that coat that um, piece on Jeff Bridrich that talked about that. Like there's just no plan. You know, some stuff of nepotism and all that. Like no one really liking him with the Padres. It was like there's a lot of issues here, and he's a micromanager and all these things. But there is a plan, and there were some people that did defend pro right it was it was bad it was a tough article but there was at least like some saving graces and then they had their season last year that kind of had and here we are now but the rockies like I, from afar it's just like why do you the trevor story thing like and, and don't get me wrong i'm rooting the, for the guy but yeah. brad hands like why are you extending him i thought that that was the peak here's the reliever you trade at the deadline type of player we have players like that every year that get traded they didn't do that. The Trevor Story, you lose him for nothing. You you don't ex- you lose John you Gray for nothing. You don't trade John dominant. Gray, and you don't give him the qualifying offer. So it's just very like give him the same offer the Rangers wanted. He wanted just the same deal the Rangers wanted. He said he wanted to be a Rocky. How do you, it, like that's the issue? Those yeah. are the issues. You can't keep your players in Colorado, and you're not instilling the confidence enough in them to say, I am proud to be a Colorado Rocky. There are only a handful of players, I think, that will sit down and say that they are proud. To, Charlie Blackman and, and Todd Elton, you know, they'll sit there and be like, I loved being a Rocky for life. But those dudes could have had great success. Not to say that they didn't. Todd Elton's a Hall of Famer, and Charlie Blackman's an all-time Rocky. But, like, man. There is a huge issue when these star players are leave and they, they aren't confident in the team. And then your inability to make the tough calls to just sit with some of these veterans. I mean, your boy, if, if Yerkes and Profar is still on the Rockies after the trade deadline, that's not helping you get better. He's a good mm-hmm. player. He's I think he's doing exactly what he wanted to do as a career. Let me go bounce back real quick in Colorado and a team and hopefully do that. Yeah. You gotta be willing to do that to make those calls. The Padres, I think, are and maybe will start will embracing that. And until the Rockies have an active trade deadline, they will continue to be uh, in doubt. I want to focus a little bit more on what you think needs to happen in this series and going forward for the Padres, and if mm-hmm. there's enough time in the season left to turn things around for San Diego. Um, spoiler alert, not enough time for the Rockies to turn things around in 2023. I'll just spoil that one there, uh, here. But we're going to talk about that coming up here in segment number three. But before we do that, got to tell you about my short choice of the summer, Bird Dogs. I love these because I'm a shorts guy through and through, wearing the shorts all summer long. They look great, feel great, help me smell a little less. I'm a, you know, I'm kind of a sweaty guy. So sometimes that type of stuff helps me. My favorite part of my bird dog shorts, though, the pockets, deep pockets that things don't fall out in, including mm. zipper pockets right behind it. Mm. They got you covered. You can find your style of comfortable shorts and a whole lot more at birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter your shorts, enter the promo code locked on MLB. And you're going to get yourself a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. And you can be drinking water out of the same water-drinking device that I drink out of on the Locked on Rockies podcast. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. Folks, this is the Locked on Podcast Network. A little crossover action here between Locked on Padres and Locked on Rockies, one of my favorite 
jesters in the business over there. Uh, for our <laughs> final segment, where uh, I joked about this, but we're turning it all to video games, not talking anything. We're going to break down Summer Games <laughs> Fest and Spider-Man 2. No, just kidding. We could do that another time. Mm. I want to talk change. We talked a lot about kind of philosophy and things. What do you need to see from the Padres in this series against Colorado and going forward in the season? Is it just overall improved performance? Is it taking more walks? Is it being better on the road? What is the What do the Padres need to do in this series and beyond to, to get themselves back in the position to make it to the dance? I think it comes down to, look, the, the saving grace for the Padres I've been talking about the past few weeks is they actually don't need to do too much when it comes to offense. Offense has been their thing. They are currently still last in baseball with runners in scoring position. If you want to go by WRC plus, they're 76. They're tied for the Royals. If you want to go by batting average, they're lowest in the league as well with a batting average of an astoundingly with a team that all made all these moves with an astounding 201 batting average. Only the Detroit Tigers are worse in terms of batting average. With runners in scoring that's, in, that's an insane stat. It's insane. It's insane. And I even bring up the OPS stuff where their OPS is like 150 points lower than the next lowest team. It's really rough. And it kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier, where they're just not a productive and smart batting team with earnings in scoring position. I mean, it's just strikeout and it's just infield fly balls, not even outfield fly balls. It's just they don't make good contact. And part of that, yes, is players haven't played well. You look at guys like, Jay Cronenworth, who got an extension that I questioned and still question why they felt a need to necessarily do that for a utility player. But again, he hasn't been so good. Trent Grisham has been getting a lot of crap, a player that I just have not believed in for a while. And he can't hit. He could field. He can't hit, though. Um, and he's been really bad. But even still, I think it's important to note that while your offense struggles, everyone likes honing in on the worst guys. Your Austin Nolas, your Grisham, your Jake Cronenworth. The guys at the top have not been good. Manny Machado just got back, but I'm too scared, Mr. Paul, to even look up his slash line. I'm that it's just that bad for Manny Machado. I know he just got back off the off the IL, but he was bad before then. And in fact, I think it was the first month, and I've said this a lot. Uh, his first month of the season, there was only 30 players who were negative in F4. He was one of the 30. That's right. The That's guy who crazy. nearly won the and probably should have won the MVP last year. I mean, it's just 235, 287, 363 slash line. He's looked bad. He swings at too many poor pitches. I had heard bad things about Machado. Like, I heard people, like, he seemed to maybe start being the scapegoat of this season a little bit. That's, that, something's off, right? Like, that's got to be, like, something is, like, something small is lingering. Some, some, one of those, that sounds like annoying small injury making a play, a big factor or something like that. That's very unmanny Machado. Oh, it's it's extraordinarily unmanny Machado. And again, he just nearly got the MVP last year, and and they just extended him before the season started for eleven years. So it's really rough for the Padres. And then you've got guys like Tatis, right? Tatis and Soto have been great. Tatis also has been remarkable defensively, right? Like he's shown an unbelievable ability out there in right field. So that's been great. And his offense is getting there. He's still swinging at, he's pressing a little bit, probably trying to, you know, kickstart the team a little bit. And Xander Bogarts, while he's been poor in the second month, he was great the first month. And it seems to be related to this wrist issue. So look, you want to compare it to other teams. The Dodgers last year, they had Chris Taylor, 
They had Cody Bellinger. They had their players that had that below 700 OPS mark. This It's not just the weak links. It is that your big superstar top of the lineup has not been producing like it. Um, and it's it, it's really tough to watch. And I just want to emphasize for Rockies fans, I guess, that the Padres offense, they don't need to be murderer's row. They do not need to be, heck, they, they don't need to be as good of an offense as the, the Angels, right? They just need to be average, because starting pitching ERA, they're 10th in baseball. Uh, relief pitching ERA, they're third in baseball in ERA among their relief pitchers. Their bullpen is excellent. And in terms of most of your common defensive stats, outs above average, they are first in all of baseball, Paul. Jeez. In 18, the second best being the Diamondbacks, then the Mariners, then the Tigers, Royals, Brewers. So don't get me wrong, defense isn't everything, but it just shows you they've got the pitching and they've got the defense. Uh, like big time. So that's all they really have to do is to just score a little bit, not be the most horrendous team with runners and scoring position. If you can do that, I think the pitching is going to hold through. Oh, well, hey, is Michael Walker going to keep this up? If you're wondering why I have Pac-Man here, that's why, because of Michael <laughs> I was, Walker. I was actually curious yeah, why yeah. Pac-Man. Waka Waka, man. <laughs> um, he's been great. If you're worried that he's going to regress and whatnot and the expected stats and all that stuff, and you're, oh, Seth Lugo started off really good. He's been on the IL for a little bit. And, oh, Ryan Weathers, he just... Well, guess what? Joe Musgrove is finding his group. You Darvish is finding his group. Blake Snell is finding his group. So those guys hadn't even been performing at their best. And the Pirates pitching has been so good, right? So that's all they need. Just don't be terrible with runners in scoring position. I'm telling you, man, it hasn't been as bad the past week because they've been a tale of two cities where mm. go look up the final score results of the Padres game since that first one against the Marlins. It's 10 runs, one run, six, one, five, one, eight, one. I'm not kidding when I say <laughs> Wasn't that, that on way. full display against the Mariners too? It, Wasn't it like the same thing? They lost one to two, and then they won <laughs> 10 to three the next day with Gary Sanchez, by the way, who I, I'm ready to paint the mural. The man has come in, and Austin Nola, the Nepo baby that he is, <laughs> is not playing nearly as much because Gary Sanchez – who has a lot of problems hasn't shown it so far though he's hitting really well and even at his worst when they picked him off waivers and you look at what he did with the Yankees I'd still take that over Austin Nola and Brett Sullivan and what they had been doing before so he's been kind of the savior of the team lately but it just comes down to that they just got to be okay on offense and then the rest of it will hopefully come through because I'm buying the defense and I'm buying the relief pitching and I'm basically buying the starting pitching so that's all they need come on guys if- do it. If Do you it have the starting. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's the thing. Like when you're looking at that team too, it's like when the pitching's there and you have these fully capable offensive players, you hope that that's going to iron itself. Is there enough time for things for for San Diego this season to to make the wild card? And I asked I asked Ben Caspic this, I asked Miller Thomas this, and I want to mm-hmm. ask you this: Does it really matter about winning the division in the extended wild card era? It's a good question. Too small of a sample size because it's only been one year we've had it. But I don't know, man. Look, in fairness, who ended up winning the World Series last year was the Astros. And they were division leaders. They were dominant and whatnot. And last year could just be an anomaly. Like, it's very important to be careful with that because there's going to be a lot of people saying like, oh, Miami Heat. We sure that, you know, you shouldn't try and get that eight seed. My response to that, yes, it's useless. Go in the draft if you're going to be the eight seed. The Heat are just weird, right? But it's I think they're more of an anomalous example. And I think that that was a little bit of the case last year. I mean, the Braves got beat up by the Phillies. They just caught fire. 
right? And maybe that these these were just overqualified wildcard teams. Every now and then that happens too, where the pods were just really good and the Phillies had like, you know, offensive supernova in their in their lineup and they had really like a, a good um like top three in their rotation with Wheeler and 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 um Aaron Nola, right? Austin Nola's brother, why I called him a Nepo baby. Um <laughs> so you know I think it's more anomalous than that. But if it happened again this year where both of the like all the top teams got knocked off first round, all right, let's 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 look into this a little bit more. And hey, I, I don't know though. At least it's not as bad as hockey though. Hockey, apparently, you could literally be the best team in the history of the sport in the regular season and lose first and round. Just get, and just get washed. <laughs> yeah, shouts to the Boston Bruins, which is from Boston, so I was happy to hear that they lost. But, you know, alas. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, – it's really interesting, my my philosophy, too. I, I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of, especially if you're in a good division, just make the dance because guess what? Yeah. Well, ben Kaspik had a good point. It's like, hey, you could end up playing the Central. <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah. you end up with that as your playoff, like, I mean – they they might be that might brewers give yeah. me a, the pirates so oh, please yeah. oh, instead no. of playing the diamondbacks like you yeah, know what i mean i'm scared of the diamondbacks i'm, so I'm still annoying. scared of the mets i know it's not popular to say that these days the braves uh, i'm i'm good on all that bryce harper in the field uh, i don't know man i don't know yeah give me milwaukee and the team that spends like 3 cents on free agents every year give me them give me them it's so time. annoying that the diamondbacks are good now and the rockies aren't it's just <laughs> oh god just <laughs> Millard is like entering his not diva phase, but like his like kingly like ruler phase. He's going to be the Thanos of Locked On if they win the division. That's all I'm saying, and it's totally possible. Yeah, it really. I mean, they're a fun team, man. They they embrace the new era of baseball. They play the baseball that I want. The Rocky bring people to Coors Field and run them out of the building, hitting runs and stealing bases all day. Hey, Rockies, Padres matching up. It should be, uh, you know, there's still plenty of time for the Padres here, but always a tough time for the Padres when mm-hmm. they, I think, again, one oh, thing for the Padres to fix uh, this season <laughs> and, and going forward is the Padres have to beat the Rockies. That That is something that, uh, yeah. uh, that, that Javi and, and Padres Nation will be rooting for <laughs> here. Uh, but we're going to wrap things up for today's episode of Locked on Rockies and Locked on Padres. Uh, we'll be bringing you all sorts of action uh, about this series and more throughout the season. You can find us on the SiriusXM app and SiriusXM as well. Just search Locked on Rockies, Locked on Padres, as well as get your play-by-play there and select the feed of your choice if you want to tune into uh, the opposing team's broadcast. Maybe you can check that out on the SiriusXM app. Javi, the Joker, where can they go? Are you a Joker or a Jester? Because that's a Jester hat. Yeah, it's Jester for now. Um, I took the Joker persona because I had done the video last year when Snell had the bad star and i said it was like that you know that scene in the dark knight when he does the threat that you know people will die i'm a man of my word i did that if blake snell didn't put it together <laughs> really like what am i honestly i'm proud of that video it was wild if anyone, anyone wants to go look that up just type in like blake snell uh and like the joker thing and you, you might find it uh but yeah go follow me on twitter at javapeno j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o or at lo underscore padres and of course the youtube if you want to see whatever whatever I'm rocking fit-wise and hat-wise. And if you want to say hi to Pac-Man, so be sure to check that out. Absolutely. Paul Holden here for the Locked on Rockies side at Paul Holden 33 and at LO Rockies. You can find us Locked on Rockies on YouTube as well. If you follow me on Twitter, you're probably going to get just as much uh, Mario Baseball tweets as you will uh, Rockies <laughs> tweets is there. So if you're curious Love about it. the fictional mushroom kingdom world of baseball, I got you covered there as well. But Javi, thank you so much. Rockies, Padres all weekend long. 
We'll be breaking it all down right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.